Welcome to God's Planning, Contemplative Preachers, Contemporary Age. Each week, join the Dominican Friars as they consider all things Catholic. Well, hello and welcome to God's Planning. My name is Father Patrick Briscoe, and I'm uh, joined today by not one co-host, as we typically do, but three co-hosts. Today is a fantastic Friar Assembly in honor of our our, the grand occasion of our 50th episode. I know that you've probably, you've, you've just been waiting for this moment. You've been thinking, my goodness gracious, what could they do? But Are you talking uh, to us? Today, today <laughs> for this episode, I mean, theoretically, listeners, right? Today for oh, this sure. episode, I have <laughs> Father Bonaventure Chapman, Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic, and Father Gregory Maria Pine, uh, all of whom are not with me. <laughs> <laughs> we're here don't worry we're in a different moment we're in different rooms for a moment <laughs> no it's it, we've gotten really good at the whole intro thing so this is our this is our practice polished 50th this is not this is really easy, even our 50th episode we've done more but you know who's counting so well that's well, true this is the 50th regular episode because ah. we're not counting the lexio divine nor Divina. this, Ooh, nor I the special, the CI special membership episodes that are behind the screen kind of thing. <laughs> the paywall, <laughs> the paywall <Yeah>. episodes <laughs> for our mm-hmm. Patreon patrons, which yes. we don't have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for our moms, yep. basically comes with free swag, well, which we also don't have. <laughs> I mean, when you when you hit a landmark episode, you know, I think, I think an appropriate amount of reminiscing is key, right? You know, we're approaching two hundred thousand downloads, which. Uh, is a huge shock to me. So thanks for listening. Uh, people tune into this, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, so, so we'll keep doing it. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, any, any of you good fathers want to jump in uh, and offer, what was your favorite episode so far? I'm going to start talking because I'm going to start talking. Um, it wouldn't be an episode if you didn't go first, Gregory. So. Exactly. Yeah, quite naturally. Cheers. Thank you so much. Um, favorite episodes. I like the first one that we did apology for apologetics, uh, because we were like, should we put this up on the internet? Because if we put it up on the internet, then it'll be bad. And we were like, yeah, probably not. And then we did. And they were like, oh, here we go. It's a podcast. We started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. And, uh, we've flown under that banner and, uh, here we are. I just want to remind everyone, we started a podcast before the pandemic. <laughs> before it was cool after it was so cool I, but before it was really cool yeah i think that's i think that's important you know we're not we're not one of those pandemic podcasts we're a real podcast that's beautiful yeah i don't know if i have a favorite episode because truth be told i don't listen to a lot of the episodes <laughs> so i just and not because i don't think they're worth listening to or anything like that but because i really i can't stand the sound of my voice so I'm, i don't like listening or like i guess my i was going to say my recorded voice it's probably the same as my live voice so i don't listen to them the ones that i'm on which is probably bad practice because i should listen to them to like fix the mistakes that i make and then because i live or talk to regularly with talk regularly with the other guys that are on the podcast i hear enough from them in my normal life so i don't need to listen to them <laughs> wow. recorded. Well, so, so uh, Father Jacob Bertrand's coming in really in favor of the podcast. <laughs> I support it. I'm a He's huge talking fan. it up. He's talking huge it up. Huge fan. Uh, my favorite, well, it's hard. It's hard to pick this one, but I think it's the only one I ever did with uh, Father Joseph Anthony Cress. Um, <laughs> not, be, you know, it's not like I haven't chosen not to do anything with him. He's missing now, and that's not because of this. He's still on the team. Um, 
but we did one on campus chaplaincy and things. We've both been campus chaplains. And uh, it was one of those neat ones where you realize you're coming from two di totally different perspectives uh, and to try to co put a message together that is coherent. So that was my, that was kind of like a fight on air, which was great. That's my, that was my favorite, I think. Oh, thanks. Great. Um, I have to say one of the episodes that people have said a lot to me about um, is that they really appreciated a marriage episode um, that I was on. Uh, so that's been, that's been nice um, to hear that, uh, that we managed to put together a sentence that someone else appreciated, uh, which is sort of the perennial fear of the preacher, right? Is this, is this doing any good for someone? But that episode got a lot of feedback and um, I was really grateful for it. Um, anybody have any favorite, uh, favorite laughable moments on the episode? Yeah, on the not pod. that we can share <laughs> on the episode i've got yeah, a bunch in my mind right now fun. <laughs> i i do have one that that you can listen to it's uh it was the end of the second to last lexio sunday lexio that we were doing and father patrick was <laughs> running through the announcements about what was coming up and um had made fun of me for making sure that he wrote down the notes that I told him to wrote, write down before the interview and mocked me on the episode and then got the exact note wrong that I told him to write down on the episode. So I felt very vindicated and uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome. I, I felt very good about myself in those moments. So in my sad days, I kind of just play that back and I, it's, it's like a pat on the back over and over again. So yeah, that's high up there for me. That's pretty good. I botched an intro um, a couple of weeks ago with you, Father Jacob Burcham, that Which is one? absolutely astonishing. <laughs> we just let that ride. <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> I would be disappointed if that weren't up. Uh, it was pretty exceptionally bad. Um, yeah, was I was editing terrible. it, like looking for where it would uh, restart, and then it never did. So I was like, all right, mm -mm. I guess this just goes up. Nope. No, there has to be accountability Kept for his actions. So <laughs> that's getting posted. <laughs> Well, well, I thought we'd talk today about um, the Dominican way of life. You know, it's our 50th episode, and uh, that's an opportunity for us to kind of dive right back in into the heart of who we are, right? Um, so there's this question, um, or term rather, that gets thrown out all the time within, um, within Catholic circles, and it's spirituality. And so people might be inclined to say um, that uh, I, I adhere I, to a Dominican spirituality. I believe in Dominican spirituality. Dominican spirituality has really affected and changed my life. Um, I am not the sort of person that prefers that term. I prefer to think that St. Dominic didn't give us a spirituality, you know, because I don't like that term spirituality. I think it's too ethereal and difficult to identify what exactly belongs to it. Um, but I prefer to say that St. Dominic gave us a form of life, right? A way of living. And we could say exactly what that is. We can, we can say that he told us to do these things, right? Um, so that's just a little, uh, a little drum that I'd like to beat. But what, what, what to you, um, you know, asking the friars on the episode, what to you is like a fundamental mark of the Dominican way of life? Who are we? What are the fundamental marks of who we are? One way, I guess, to uh, kind of organize the conversation is you can think about our legislation describes um, five central elements and then four main helps. So in the Book of Constitutions of the Order of Friars Preachers, it talks about our common life, our life of study, our life of prayer, our life of preaching, the vows as being the kind of central features of our life. And then big helps to it include penance, cloister, silence, and then devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. So I think that um, although it sounds kind of like a grab bag, there's a real coherence to those elements in our life. And those are the things to which we usually point. Hmm. 
I like Father Patrick's distinction there between spirituality and, and a form of life. I think that we can you can look at some religious orders or some saints or mystics and and sort of uh, kind of nail down what the spirituality spirituality looks like in kind of a concrete way. So of course you can think of Ignatian spirituality and and the Jesuits. I think sometimes with the Carmelites, with Saint John of the Cross and Saint Teresa of Avila, sort of a Carmelite spirituality is easier to identify. I don't think I think Father Patrick's right on this. That that doesn't really um, map onto Dominican life because I think in many, for many reasons, because, or the, the reason is that because our life is sort of, um, complex as St. Thomas Aquinas described it as the mixed life that we we're going quickly between contemplation and study and what we do within the house, the regular observance, but then also the apostolic mission of the order. So we could sort of say it's a, the, the spirituality of Dominican, of Dominican life is that mixed life itself, but that, I don't think that really gets at the heart of what Dominican life is. But um, that that balance between the um, the life of contemplation, of regular observance of that discipline, but also the apostolic preaching. I think our, our novice master on our vestition retreat described Dominican life as being one intention, that when the friar is, is in the priory, when he's home, he has this desire to be out preaching. But when he's out preaching, he has the desire to be back home praying and studying with his with his brothers. So I think that's kind of how I think about the life a lot of times, that sort of healthy tension between those aspects. So if that's spirituality, then that's Dominican spirituality, but I'm not sure that it is. Yeah, I think of spirituality in terms of um, like particular prayer practices or methods and that kind of stuff or particular commitments. And it is true that Dominicans don't have those, we don't have Ignatian method of prayer or, or something like that. I think we have Dominican habits though. Like there's a habit of being a Dominican and, uh, not just looking at like one, but there are certain habits that get formed for you in a life that Dominicans, we like to, we like to think, we like to read, we like to, uh, to delve into deep theological discussions, we like to make distinctions, um, we like to talk, we like to preach, we like to, to find out what people need to hear or want to hear, and we like to be together. We like to laugh, we like to enjoy company. Like these are, these are kind of like habits, I think, that Dominicans uh, that describes the Dominican life. So when I talk about, when I think about Dominican spirituality, I, I tend to think about more like Dominican habits, ways of being. And there is a specific shape to that. And we're all individuals within that. But these are characteristics that describe, I think, what it means to be a Dominican. And I think the podcast kind of, in some ways, touches a lot of those things. The community we share between each other, you know, the, the, the intellectual discussion, distinctions made, the preaching and kind of relating to the modern world. Um, yeah, those are all, they're, they're all a piece of it. So it's an outflowing right from the, the habits of being a Dominican. At the Second Vatican Council, religious orders were asked to renew their constitutions, right, to think about who they were. And um, what the Dominican order did was provided a, a kind of rewrite of our, uh, of our constitution. Um, and the first part of that is called the fundamental constitution. And it's a really beautiful summary of who we are. But there's a great section of it that I just want to read. It's a little bit of a long quote, but it's very beautiful. It just, it just cuts to the heart of um, what a Dominican is, what is the Dominican uh, form of life, the Dominican way of life. The order of preachers founded by St. Dominic is known to have been established from the beginning for preaching and the salvation of souls specifically. Our brothers, therefore, as the founder prescribed, should, be every, should everywhere behave uprightly and religiously as men intent on procuring their own and other people's salvation. They should behave as gospel men, following in the footsteps of the Savior, speaking to God or of God, 
among themselves or with their neighbors. So all of that just kind of cuts at what 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 a Dominican is supposed to be doing, right? What is what his life is about? I want to focus on many things. Could be said, right? This could be a very long conversation. Um, what is the Dominican way of life? Because there, of course, the 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 big principles, and then uh, and then applications. Um, as Gregory made that beautiful distinction, as we've been chatting. So the things that I want to focus on are preaching, contemplation, the life of the mind, and joy. So that's my sort of claim that that for us here tonight what we can enjoy what we can take a, a lot away from is thinking about these four things so first the uh let's let's turn to preaching now uh father bonaventure what well, what's the deal with preaching is it really a charism what what's its relationship to the dominican order i guess we're founded as the order of preachers and that's so we're friars preachers and we were just talking at the dinner table today when you when you mentioned that you're Dominican to someone, oftentimes they think you're from the Dominican Republic or they're confused because you don't look like you're from the Dominican Republic. Um, and But then you can't, saying the friars preachers, it sounds a little weird, but that's who we are though. The friars, or Dominicans are friars preachers. And we were founded by St. Dominic uh, to preach, to go out and specifically to have a ministry of the word. You know, a sacramental ministry, of course, because the conf- confessions are the aim. So to preach, to bring people to confession and to bring people to, to the Eucharist, bring people to Christ. Uh, ultimately, but the that's the remote goal, I suppose. But the proximate goal is to is to preach. That's the the aim is to get the word out there. And so, at the core of a Dominican kind of way of life is this desire to tell someone, to tell someone about Jesus, to tell someone about the faith, to tell someone about the truth, to tell someone about the good, that sort of thing. I think it's to be a Dominican, you have to have some desire. Or I suppose this isn't just for Dominican. Uh, religious uh, listening, but anyone who can participate in a way in the Dominican kind of way of life, um, a desire to say something about about the faith to someone else who needs to hear it. Yeah, there's that great little line in the um, Lives of the Brethren, which is an early work that recounts all kinds of happenings and goings on of the early Dominicans. There's that great little line that a friar could not in good conscience sit down at table unless he had preached to someone that day. Um, just giving us a sense of the kind of fervor and the zeal which the which the early brethren had to preaching. Um, Father Gregory, how do you describe it to people? What would you say about preaching? Yeah, this might actually dovetail us into the next theme, but I love the line uh, that we're called to contemplate and to give to others things contemplated. You hear that line translated in a variety of ways. Sometimes we're, we're called to give others the fruits of our contemplation or God contemplated or things contemplated. Um, the word is just contemplata. And I think there that you see how the preaching act is a kind of overflow of the contemplative act. <clears throat> uh, in, one, one, in one sense, you could simply say that you, you can only testify to what you have seen or to what you have believed, what you have heard. But in another sense, you can think about it like uh, an image used by one of the early friars preachers, uh, Blessed Humbert of Romans, was that the friar was a kind of bowl into whom God poured the abundance of divine life. And the preaching act is just the overflow of that divine life, uh, which kind of spills over the bounds of the friar preacher. So I think that um, what the you know what a Dominican is called to do is to kind of turn towards the Lord and then to turn towards others, uh, to hold them in that same gaze, just to show simply that God can be loved, God can be known. Um, in a certain sense, it's like to bring the monastery as close as you can to city center, so that people can kind of peek in through the lattice and see that that God can be God can be known and God can be loved. Um, in excellent fashion, uh, so as to inspire a hope that a similar pursuit might be conducted in their own life. And so preaching is just putting words to that. 
What do you think, Father Jacob Bertrand? What do you tell guys when they begin to inquire into the life of the order? Yeah, it's interesting because sometimes I'm asked the question, um, what's unique about Dominican preaching or um, what sets the Dominican preaching apart? Um, I think it's a, I think that's a good question. I don't know if there's, um, but well, it's, yeah, so I think it's a good question. And I think the, the best answer to that question lies not in so much distinguishing like Dominican preaching from Franciscan or Jesuit or diocesan preaching as a sort of, um, this is like, we do, we are doing sort of like very distinct things. I mean, preaching is preaching, but there are different ways in which to preach, different ways in which to approach it. So it's not as a sort of um, competition between the two, but I think that Dominican preaching is distinguished um, more, more in the distinction between function and, and being that we are, we are friars preachers. And I think that's very important that preaching isn't simply something the Dominican does, but it, it is who the Dominican is. He is a preacher. Um, and the whole of our life set up by St. Dominic um, is to accomplish that one goal of preaching the gospel, of bringing the, the monastery to the city center, as Father Gregory said, of introducing people to Christ. Um, so everything that was um, that everything that we do in our life, uh, the, the prayer, the study, the common life, uh, the regular observance, all of that is ordered towards a way of, of, of living as a preacher. Everything, a good, I think a good Dominican, someone who sort of through formation and then through the life imbibes the, the life and the virtues of the life is one who's always thinking about how can I use this or that part of our life or of that study or of, that, of what I'm thinking about, what I'm reading, how does this contribute to preaching the gospel? Um, so it's not just something that we do on a Sunday. It's something that the whole life is ordered around and that the, it becomes habitual. Those habits, as Father Bonaventure was talking about, it, that is the core habit to which everything else points and, and where everything else, where everything else goes. So I think it's much more about a way of life than it is simply, you know, the words that are said from a pulpit. Yeah. A lot of times when we think of like preaching, we just say, oh, someone's good at that because he has a natural charisma for it. Right. And there's just a sort of way in which he can capture people's attention and express things that's, that's deeply moving and therefore he's a good preacher. But I think, I think life in the order, um, has revealed to me that there's a, a really there's a special grace that's been given to the order. Um, the Lord sends us for this work, and that grace comes right. So Romans says, "How can they preach unless they be sent?" Um, and I think the church sends us um, that it's a mandate from God um, given to us in the church to take out this mission. Um, what do you think in, in your lives, uh, fathers? What are what are the things that have best served your preaching? Like, how has it been? How has it been fed and nourished? I, I think guess. one of the ways for me, um, I, I mean, we could name the different parts of the life, right? But one of the one of the things that has been particularly helpful um, is is listening to other Dominicans preach and hearing Dominicans preach, both those who have lived the life for a long time, or those who are you know particularly gifted, like they have those natural abilities, or are quite smart and can articulate the gospel quite well, but also um, hearing younger guys, my peers preach too, um, is, is something that really gets, uh, I guess my mind going of thinking of new ways to sort of preach the gospel, new ways to kind of attack a problem or a question. So yeah, being, be, living amongst preachers, I think is, has really kind of fed, um, my sort of thought process on preaching, but also I think has really helped me out my ability to preach. Um, yeah, help, help that to grow and develop those skills. Just to add one thing, um, 
it's often said the Dominicans are doctrinal preachers and uh, we have St. Thomas Aquinas as part of our heritage and certainly we're very much steeped in his theology. So reading St. Thomas Aquinas, not just for knowing the things, uh, but for the kind of habit of mind of contemplative inquiry, I think is really helpful for a preacher because oftentimes when you're preaching, you're arguing, not in the sense of arguing contentiously, but you're advancing a claim and you're supporting that claim maybe by images, maybe by examples, maybe by formal argumentation, although you wouldn't probably dress it up in that way. And St. Thomas has a way of training your mind. Uh, he gives you uh, resources uh, to apply in preaching. He also kind of like trims the fat off your mind such that you can think through a problem you know, well uh, and wisely rather than muddling it and then having your preaching be muddled in turn. I... Uh, um, um... I think back on the House of Studies, you know, I was thinking about what Father Jacob Bertrand was saying about listening to other Dominicans. And I can honestly say, and this is certainly to my shame, but I say it nonetheless, uh, I can honestly repeat back maybe like a handful of homilies, right, that, that we heard. Um, and by that, I mean, like, I can remember what the preacher's point was and the feast day and when the homily happened, right? But I, I don't remember the specifics of it. Um, and yet I know that I wouldn't be able to preach the way that I do were not for the larger picture of all of the preaching uh, that I received at the House of Studies, which is a kind of bigger thing that just washes over, right? Um, what do you think, Father Bonamente? Oh, well, I mean, I, I think that Father Jacob Richardson's point is correct. I was in a seminary for a Protestant, you know, Protestant denomination where preaching is important, and we had homiletics, we had sermon classes every semester uh, when I was there, and we'd meet together for preaching groups and all of this stuff. But, and when I got here and I thought it was a little strange that we're the order of preachers and we didn't really have preaching classes, but almost immediately I realized we had a, we had preaching class every day here because in the chapel, we heard Dominicans preach. And that was actually a much better way of doing it than the kind of programmatic methodic way that I was taught in, in this Protestant seminary, but to a way of mimesis that you just kind of imitate those who you found were were good and helpful and all of this and that pushed your bounds on stuff and made you preach in different ways but not in the weird kind of trying something avant-garde but just because you saw it was effective because you felt that person there um so i think for the most helpful thing i'm, I'm in total agreement with father father jacob Bertrand that being with other dominicans and letting them hand on the tradition because it's it's almost like we're craftsmen we're, we're tradesmen we have an art and we're in a guild and we have these other older dominicans who have gone before us and they're teaching us the trade um that, that when we will hand on hopefully to to the generations to come and that's a beautiful beautiful thing to hand on well with that let's take a short break here when we come back we'll get to contemplation the life of the mom mind and joy, all, all of which are worthy of their own episode, but which we're giving them to you today in one fell swoop as the kind of um, things that animate our Dominican life, our Dominican way of life. Um, so we'll be right back with you after this. This is God's Planning. Get up to date on all our latest episodes at opeast.org slash godsplaining. Well, welcome back. Thanks for listening to God's Planning. Um, as promised, let's dive back in here talking about contemplation. Um, Father Jacob Bertrand, sometimes contemplation can seem um, like a very difficult thing for people to undertake. Uh, what is contemplation? Why is it important to Dominicans? Well, the first, I think the first part, what is contemplation? I think you could ask different people and get a different answer from every person that you ask. Um, 
for but in the, in the Dominican mind, and you all can correct me if I'm wrong, but in the Dominican sort of mind, contemplation is um, it's kind of a broad. Um, I guess, category of prayer. Uh, we're not, we're not sort of talking, we don't like as Dominicans, as we were talking about towards the top of the episode of, is there a Dominican spirituality? There isn't a sort of um, stepwise sort of process. There aren't different ladder rungs or, or rooms or mansions that we mansions. kind of. Yeah, exactly. We don't have those. Lizards our, running this, about. <laughs> what did you say? Lizards? Lizards. Yeah. This is like the third, yeah. from the third mansion on. No, I don't want to go anywhere. Right. Yeah, so yeah. we don't have that. We don't do that. We don't do lizards. We don't do mansions and weird voices. We don't do ladders. We don't do... Oh, so we that, do weird voices. Just, okay, we, I, we <laughs> maybe, perhaps. But in any case, with respect to contemplation, we don't. Uh, so for us, it's, it's a broader category of, um, of simply praying. And I think that in the Dominican mind, in the Dominican mindset, that there, there's a sense of detachment from specific from having sort of specifics of where this is contemplation and this is only what contemplation is rather it's it's pursuing that friendship with christ in prayer and for us it's a broad that's a broad category it takes place when we celebrate the mass as priests it takes place when we when we pray the divine office together it takes place in our silent meditation that we do each day um it takes place in our study it's it's you know, of course, it's it's thinking about and being with God, but it's that pursuit of of friendship. And um, I think sometimes I was talking to with about spiritual direction with somebody the other day, and um, I was just commenting how that's often an, an underwhelming experience because the spiritual life often is, I think, an underwhelming experience. We're sort of brought in by our Lord's grace, not by these sort of huge epiphanies each moment, but that we that we pursue this friendship and that we kind of hand ourselves over to our Lord's will um, and allow ourselves to be drawn into into his life as he would have us be drawn in. So that that might be more um, than you've than you bargained for in my answer. And because of that, I don't remember Father Patrick's second part of the question. But that's my answer to the first part of the question that he posed to me. <laughs> I, don't so remember the, it. I don't remember the question. Father Gregory, <laughs> do you want to take a... Yeah, I want to uh, hop in. I, I like the idea that it's... Um, it's not as specific as it is in some traditions or in some spiritualities. And I think that um, when people hear contemplation, they can be intimidated by it because they think of a, a very specific form of infused contemplation, like prayer of union, prayer of quiet. Um, it has particular connotations. We think of like levitation, right? We think of bilocation. Oh we my think of contemplation, Right. It's people just like it's, that. No, no, no. I just mean it's in the class of spiritual things that are for the elite. You know, it's like for the levitation. heavy cavalry. Yeah, exactly. It's Leap like the demons. Padre Pio stuff. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> You're a madman. Um, so, uh, so I think that contemplation is, is just kind of like, it's, it's a kind of inquiry. You know, it's a way of considering God, whether by prayer or by study, but it's an openness to God's self-revelation. So rather than like uh, a kind of discursive meditation, which is trying to formulate certain points on which to meditate and then to formulate affections, it's simply like uh, a permission given by the soul to God to reveal himself. And, and a lot of times it looks like falling asleep or being distracted. Right. But, um, that's but for you, probably Gregory. Right, <laughs> little, I'm, little I'm, personal there. <laughs> just trying to self justify here guys. Um, right. But, but I think that there is a, you kind of make a choice in your prayer that you're not going to fill up all your prayer time with the recitation of the rosary, with the reading of spiritual classics, with Lexio Divina, with doing a ton of things as if they were to be accomplished because with the disposition of things to be accomplished, you can sometimes crowd out God's self offering. Um, not to say any of those things are bad, but there's just this space for silence. There's this space for receptivity. Oftentimes it'll be frustrating. Oftentimes it'll be boring, but 
at the very least, will have waited on God. And a lot of life is just suffering his timing. And the contemplative disposition is just that recognition. Yeah, as the scriptures say, it's seeking first the kingdom, seeking God. Um, okay, so we've got preaching, we've got contemplation, then we've got the thing maybe perhaps the Dominicans are best known for, uh, which is which is the intellectual life, the life of the mind. Uh, Father Bonaventure, you want to take us in? Like, what what does the life of mind mean in in your the life of the mind mean in your life as a Dominican friar? What is that movie with um, Barton uh, Fink? Barton Fink, when um, oh, should John, John John Goodman, Goodman is running down the hallway with a shotgun, yelling, "Behold the life of the mind!" That's that's my image of, of the hallway is also on fire. The, the hallway, hallway is, on, is fire. on fire. He is running. He's a large man. Um, Thomas Quine's figure in a way, um, with the giant shotgun of glory. Uh, I mean, the life of the mind. We are, you know, we we Dominicans. Thanks, are Ignatius com- Riley. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, we are we Dominicans are committed to to the fact that you need to know something to love something and you need to know someone to love that person. Uh, so that the intellect is in a sense, the first stop on the way to, on the way to divine union and love of, of God. And so it's something that we care deeply about. We, we try to fill up our minds, not with random facts, but with, with wisdom. We try to, to look at God as purely and as detachedly as possible so that we can be attached to him um, through that. So a Dominican is just a very intellectual kind of super nerdy, right? Has to like either Star Trek or Star Wars, or at least have some sense of them, right? Father Jacob Burton, the vocation director I don't like guy. either of those. Wow, <laughs> how did you get in? Okay, um, we got it, but, you know, but we, yeah, we, I mean, but it's not for random facts. Like we're not just weird people. We are weird people, but it's not because of the random facts. It's because we're trying to collect things to know about God because he is infinitely knowable and then they'll lead us to the infinite lovability of him and hopefully make uh, us more lovable. I have a random fact about the intellectual life. Yes. Ready? Cardinal yes. Cajetan, the famous Dominican theologian said that it was a mortal sin for a Dominican to not study at least four hours a day. Wow. Good thing those categories are gone. Um, <laughs> now it's a great, now it's a great sin, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, we probably, you know, to be honest, except for <clears throat> Father Jacob, Burch, we probably do study four hours a day between us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he studies between people for four hours together. a day because his vocations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that that's a lot of study a day. That is a lot. Particularly now, I mean, like you can say I sat at my desk for four hours, but mm, forty-five minutes—that was a YouTube video. You had some coffee. You took a phone call. You know, the sumo. They had their own version you, too, but... though, right? Carl, he Kajin probably had his own version of that. Like a, a the, the mouse walked in, he kind of like put a note on it, and it scurried off, and it was like instant messenger. They had that <laughs> down the hall. The mouse yeah. running errands. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Perfect. Uh, first, the bow is bent in study, then the arrow is released in preaching. A great quote from Hugh of St. Cher, who's the first Dominican cardinal. Um, Father Gregory, can you say a little bit more? You mentioned this when we were talking about preaching, about how St. Thomas especially has enriched your view of the world, the things you share with other people. Yeah, I think that in preaching, uh, part of what one does to establish rapport is to say that I see the same reality that you see, um, because you kind of have to show that you're plugged into the same reality, else what you say falls on deaf ears. And so I think that the preacher needs to be wise because he's not going to like stay up on 21st century lingo. He's not going to be uh, au courant with all the latest vocab. There's no chance. I mean, the only chance that he has of saying something that's contemporaneous is knowing the Lord because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if he devotes himself to the life of study, then he hopes to grow in the habit of wisdom. 
whereby he, he kind of has like a, a supernatural sensitivity to God's providence. Like God, God has arranged all things well. He's orchestrated them in such a way that they were down to his glory. And the preacher can have access to God's divine plan. He can see how things are arranged. He can see how they are articulated and hinged. And then he can express that to somebody else who has not seen those things as otherwise related before. And then it, you know, it, it fits. Uh, and as a result of which, with that, with that recognition, the other person can say like, wow, okay, that being so, then maybe God is maybe God is knowable, maybe God is lovable, and maybe life is possible rather than just being overwhelming and sad. Um, so yeah, I think there's a there's a great responsibility um, and just a great gift in preaching because it does inform. Excuse me, in in study because it does inform the preaching act, but uh, because it's delightful in itself. Well, with that, let's turn to joy. The last hallmark I wanted uh, us to consider. The last great guidepost, the last grade column, the last grade pillar of the Dominican way of life as I've enunciated You're getting looks today. from all of us. <laughs> as, as you've made it up to be. It's, it's a good, good one, one though. Thing. Here's it's four a good things one. we should talk about. No, let's talk about joy. Um, so why joy? Well, so Paul Murray, um, the uh, Dominican friar, uh, he belongs to the province of Ireland. He's a professor of the Angelicum. Paul Murray has this great book about um, Dominican spirituality, as he calls it, um, and one of the one of the principal points that he tries to tries to show is that Dominican life is joyful, and Dominicans are happy people, and it doesn't mean that Dominican friars always walk around with smiles slapped on their faces. Um, we the the four of us can each testify that that's not the case, uh, but that there's something more deeply joyful about our lives. Um, St. Benedict famously forbade laughter, right? He says in his rule that only a fool raises his voice in laughter, but it doesn't seem that uh, the Dominican tradition had the same approach, right? Like we have these medieval stories of friars bursting out laughing during prayers and then being commended by their superiors um, for mm. having for having uh, defeated the devil by their laughter, right? Okay, so mm. little, 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 little anecdotes like that. I told something, uh, I caught something of the truth there uh, in that story. Or some um, hand grenades. Yeah, it's it's all the same, right? On the podcast, amen. <laughs> but there's but there's some, there's something about the joy uh, of the Dominican life that I think is worthy of note. Um, any of you want to jump in on that? Yeah, I think that there's there's a, a sort of like a proper um, coming together of things when when men are called by the Lord to follow Him in and whatever their vocation is, but we're talking about Dominican life. So, and following um, in him in the Dominican life that, um, you know, a vocation is something that our Lord calls us to. It's not something that we get to create so that we can, we can say that um, it is right when a man, you know, pursues our Lord in this way and he has called him to this. And I think there's, there's a joy to that, even despite the difficulties that religious life pose, the sort of day in and day out, the daily grind that can kind of you know where there there is a joy in in pursuing our Lord and following Him and the fulfillment that that brings. But I think that joy is magnified in our life because our fraternity, because our common life is so intense that you share this life with men who who do become you know very close and good friends. And there's there's that that joy is magnified when you share that amongst friends, uh, and you see the way in which the Lord works. Um, in in the in your brother's lives, and you see the way in which the Lord is working through their lives, through their preaching and their teaching and their apostolic endeavors, and there's a great joy in in all of that, and it, it's sort of contagious. So um, 
I think I, I remember when when I first visited the House of Studies and was getting to know the province before I entered. That was something that was very apparent and ready. Uh, the the joy of of the friars, and not in as Father Patrick was saying, not in a sort of superficial kind of giggly kind of way, but like in in a real way that men's hearts were on fire for the Lord and with the Lord, and 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 doing that together produces um, something that's sort of contagious and and can't be contained in that. Yeah, I think um, that's, you know, it's, it's thing why, why we're joyful. I mean, why would we be joyful? Um, but it's, it's worth thinking about as Dominicans. And I think I mean, St. Thomas talks about the passions and the you know, love eventually, if it works through itself and desire and you, and you fight through with courage and all this, it ends up at joy. So love at the end of, at the, end of the passions, we have the, the, settled, the settled sense is joy. Um, and I take that love and joy should be related to each other. So I think what Father Jacob Burton says is right. Why are we joyful as Dominicans or should be joyful or tend to be joyful is because we're, we're great like lovers of the life. We've been given the grace to love the Lord, but also the lovers of each other. I mean, it's a beautiful bond of fraternity. I think we really take delight in the uh, eccentricities and the different elements of us. And we just know each other. It's, it's like a family, you know, a family knows each other pretty well. And so families can always break out laughter and these inside jokes. And I think it's the same with Dominican, the Dominican life is you get to know these other brothers, you've lived with them and you've done, you've dug ponds and holes with them and you've hunted toads in random places. You've just done strange things together. And those are so strange things. You, those yeah. are real stories. <laughs> those are real stories and there's others, but I mean, but you can't but help love people who do that with you uh and and share that experience so i think the joy is just natural outflowing of the of the love we have for each other in this fraternal life that's my uh, a short reflection on it yeah and i think there's there's a sense in which you're you're also free to be sad uh in religious life i think sometimes people say like oh they're so joyful but if they're so joyful all the time then maybe they're actually just um I don't know, putting on a happy face and being disingenuous, but you're also free to be sad because, you know, life is difficult. That's an acknowledged fact. And you have the space, you have the form of life, you have the liberty to address that in religious life, in Dominican life. Um, and there's no real pressure to be other than as you are, uh, except with the hope that God can make you as holy as he so desires. Um, so yeah, that's, there's, there's like a great freedom that comes with that. And I think that freedom permits you to be genuinely joyful rather than thinking that you ought to be joyful in some way other than you are. It's like, oh my gosh, people will think the Dominican order is not as good as, it ought, as they ought to think it unless I'm smiling constantly. But it's like, nah, that, that dude's kind of creepy. You know, get away from me. Um, so yeah, I think that there's, there are seasons in the Dominican life. You're free to be sad. You're free to be happy. But it's underwritten by a kind of joy of having found the place where you ought to be, a kind of fit. Boom. One friar says that uh, Dominican communities are so joyful because they're, they're collections of eccentricities. And the key to a peaceful Dominican community is having um, exactly one friar per eccentricity. So the way he <laughs> likes to say it is he says, oh, we have just one of those, just one of those. But if you get two of those, then you have a, pro then you have a conflict because they, mm -hmm. they end up battling out their eccentricity two of those uh, no but i've always found the life to be very joyful because there's um there's there's a deeper meaning that's being pursued in it right it's our life with god it's our it's our it's our seeking after his kingdom it's um uh, uh, and all of the things that come along that that way that uh, animate us at the deepest levels of who we are uh, it's uh it's a real thing uh, we're we're very free as gregory pointed out and for that reason very joyful anybody have any announcements You'd get them wrong anyways, Father Patrick. Father Ooh, Jacob Burton didn't give them to me to write down. So, 
Um, the Thomistic Institute is hosting uh, one of its first in-person events in a long time. So August 7th through 10th, we're having an intellectual retreat, which is called <laughs> Virtuous Autonomy, Freedom and Dependence in a Technological Age. So it'll be like, you know, mass confession, adoration, divine office, um, and then talks by John O'Callaghan and Jim Madden, professors at Notre Dame and Benedictine College, respectively. That's August 7th through 10th. It's in Estes Park, Colorado. We have some scholarships available for graduate students, undergraduates, and, uh, you know, kind of other young adult applicants. So check that out if you are interested. Barring further negative COVID developments, we are still hosting our um, vocation events at the House of Studies in the fall, uh, our two vocation weekends in September and November. So if those um, might interest you, if you think that um, our Lord might be calling you to um, be a Dominican and would like to come visit us, feel free to uh, check out our vocation website, opeast.org slash vocations. There's the contact info for me, for my office, and um, we can certainly talk about that. But that's coming up on the horizon more quickly um, than expected too. Wow, both of those are really great things. Yeah. That's a super exciting. Almost as exciting as a 50th episode, episode mm. 050. Bingo. Well, thank you all for joining us. Um, thanks for liking and sharing the podcast. Um, please know that we continue to pray for you. Um, feel free to submit suggestions for future episodes as we continue to share a life of preaching, a life of contemplation, a life of the mind, our intellectual life, that is, and a life of joy with you all. God bless. Thanks for listening to God's Planet, a work of the Dominican Friars of the Province of St. Joseph. Visit us at opeast.org.